Welcome back to the Final Whistle Podcast. Time you run! Here we are, the final podcast of 2019, and we welcome Roy Astatasi for episode six of the Summer Series. Welcome to the final whistle, sir. Uh, good to be here, boys. Finally get to get on. Yeah, <laughs> finally, yeah. the, how's the knee? Yeah, the knee's coming around. It's it's on the mend now, so it's one of those things where, you know, just trying to sort things out to try and get it going. So it was four weeks of just knowing that it wasn't getting any better. Uh, surgery's done now, so it's... You know, I can kind of look forward to actually walking. <laughs> so, uh, for the listeners that didn't know, uh, Roy decided to uh, strap the boots on the playing legends of league up there in Newcastle, and uh, came away with a bit of a bit of a niggling knee injury. So, uh, at least you weren't like Robbie O, mate. Robbie O's broken a bone. Yeah, man. Like I would, I would hate to be. Yeah, I kind of. I guess. Yeah, I'm a good case scenario. It's <laughs> <laughs> a nice clean out. What did you do again? It was like they call it like a bucket handle tear. Like a reason why they call it the bucket handle is like just think of the meniscus on the inside of the knee, and when you obviously with the the handle of it, it goes it goes yeah. in and out of the joint. So mine was on the on the inside, so it was kind of locked on the in. So I just couldn't my, I couldn't lock my knee up. And I see if I had the, the specialist I was talking to said if I wanted to do some any kind of form of exercise or any kind of physical activity. Uh, I'll probably need to get it done. Um, so in my head, I was like, "Well, I'll probably, <laughs> I'll probably need to get it done then." Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 running with the kids, and uh, I need to keep up with them. Otherwise, I'll be yeah. Because they say if you start running, your knee will just lock up. So <laughs> and then yeah, next thing you'll be you'll be on the floor. <laughs> uh, was it uh, Nathan Highmarsh, man? He finally got his uh, his little premiership win. Did everyone give him a G up for that? Oh man, that was just hilarious. Just going before that. Um, even before the final, like it's you know you get guys like Willie Mason, he's just getting him up and goes, "Don't give Heine his, <laughs> don't give Heine his trophy, don't give it, he doesn't deserve it, don't give it." So yeah, you know what Berg Willie's like, he's just uh, <laughs> just mouthy enough, and we're just going, "Oh man, yeah, we can't give it to Heine, can't." And then it just obviously happened, but look, <laughs> it is what it is. He's, yeah, it's good to see him hold something up. Finally, <laughs> so. Um, you got a pretty decent resume, dual international, 25 tests for New Zealand Samoa, 275 first grade games for you know, the Dogs, South Sydney and Warrington in the UK, scoring 25 tries in the process, as well as the Premiership ring in 2004, mate, so um, how's it all stack up now that you're retired? Yeah, no, yeah when you mention all that, it just, because uh, I don't really look back on my career and go, <laughs> oh well, that's what I've achieved, uh, oh, it's nice, look. I, I think, especially after retirement, I think this is probably the time we start looking back and uh, and see all the achievements that you've done along the way. Because when you're playing the game, it just happens. So, like you know, you know, it's true what they say when players saying when you get a lot of reporters and coaches ask you, "Oh, how's how's the game? How's that?" And players don't really get that time to ponder on uh, what just happened until you actually hang up the boots and you can sit back, relax, and go, "Ah, oh, wow." That's uh, looking at your timeline throughout your career and go, oh, that's what you did. You captained this, you captained the um, um, Rabbits and Premierships. So uh, I'm honoured, you know, like we're talking about before, you know, guys got to be grateful because you get guys like Heine who hasn't been able to hold anything up and play the game for such a long time. And, you know, to win a Premiership, obviously, uh, with the Bulldogs in 2004, came close in uh, 2014. Uh, but I left obviously a year, year earlier, <laughs> so spewing, spewing. But uh, could have had two rings ten years apart. Yeah, could have ten rings. Um, but I ended up getting one too off Russell, so which wasn't too bad. So now I've got two. Obviously, one is one was earned, but then the other Chelsea just for from oh, the time. I, I guess, I guess in in saying that, then uh, Russell giving you one, I, I'm guessing that's a, a bit of a gratitude and a thanks, really, because. At the time, there you were probably one of the big first big signings that Rabbitohs got once they had come back into the competition, and you know you were the change of revolution for players that wanted to come to South. They didn't go to South to finish their career off. They came to want to better themselves. Yeah, it's um, yeah. I guess it, it was a it was a beautiful gesture because it was something I didn't expect. Um, you know, I, I loved watching. I was celebrating the boys when I was obviously in my first year in the UK and. Uh, it was when they came over for during that the World Club Challenge that Russell must have spoke to. Obviously, Simon, the 
the owner of uh, Warrington Wolves, um, and just kind of mentioned that look, hey, Russell wants to catch up with you at the World Cup Challenge against St Helens. Um, just pop in. So yeah, so it wasn't there till I met him right at the front gate, and then they all, you know, I see Russell comes with us, entourage, walking in, so you can't miss him. You, all you go see is a little big mosh pit that's moving. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, then you put you in the ring, and I was like, oh, what? I was, like it was awesome, like this stuff. So, yeah, it, it, it's it's always different when you haven't. Uh, it's a different feeling when you obviously compared to if you're playing in the grand final. But like you said, it's it's also a great thing to know that um, what I did over the years was, uh, you know, that they still um, recognised it and kind of still presented me. Kind of said where it was that you were still part of that grand final. Um, the other reason why the boys got there. Massive respect there, oh, yeah. especially from yeah. a massive international, um, like um, Rusty there too. Yeah, the gladiator. So, <laughs> yeah. what have you, you been doing yourself now since retirement? Yeah, I've been obviously doing the F45 thing. I got the F45 Studio GM, uh, which has been pretty good because I kind of just felt once I stopped playing in the UK or something, I was able to roll straight into. Uh, and it's been like, I guess it's more kind of being a learning curve but still a learning curve now because it's it's a whole new different kind of transition just trying to get to know how I was the easy part for me is kind of just whipping trying to whip people into shape and go because I was being whipped into shape for like I reckon 18 years or more <laughs> going get there come on get there and the problem about when I was getting whipped I was always at the back uh, so now I'm telling you people yeah I used to be in the front I used to be leading the pack yeah <laughs> So uh, it's, it's good. I enjoy it. It's something I, I like doing. I love. I love what you know. I've been doing it for such a long time in regards to as a player and a professional league player when I, in my time and throughout my rugby league career. But uh, it's also good just to be able to help other people. You know, kind of achieve their goals and uh, get them going on their sense. Because and to also and then that's the like I said that was the easy part. Then the challenging part now is also the the other side of the business side of trying to go well because. That's a whole new ball game for me, um, rolling into that side, which is kind of fun and also hard and in a weird way, it's like fun but not. <laughs> yeah. Managing, yeah, managing finances and where you put your uh, advertising and marketing dollars and all that. It's yeah, it's, yeah, it's very, very challenging. Yeah, it's very challenging. Put like, I, I much rather just train than. <laughs> yeah. well, yeah, when you were a player, you had an agency to do. Yeah, you had that. You had like managers. You had like a coach that did all the, and they had social media guys that they'll hire do all the marketing <laughs> for you. So, yeah. yeah, that's what happens when you're a big company. Born in Auckland, uh, over there in New Zealand. Uh, when and why did you move from there to here? Uh, it was. Actually, I had I had a group. I was going to school, Mass and College. Um, the guy Monty Beatham went there. Also, he was a uh, he. I remember he was our coach for the, our rugby league team. Uh, and, it was a, and, the, and Monty was like touted as. Obviously, the Warriors were kind of coming through. They were trying to get a group, uh, a club, in, and I think they in '95, and he was coming through that grade. So he coached us. He and he was just uh, and Monty just he was one of those guys. He just loved himself. <laughs> you know, like, and he, cause he was a good looking guy and all that and so he was just kind of just yeah talking it up and um, and he was in the Warriors at the time so we all looked up to him and said oh man you know that's where we want to try and get to and um, never played a game of rugby league until I actually got to Marston College because there was a group of guys that were already playing uh, for a club called Marist Saints um, so they suggested I come and um, come across and play a game of rugby league for them but I actually oh, sorry firstly the rugby league school had a a league team a first league team because uh, rugby union is a oh sorry New Zealand is kind of like a rugby union type of country so that's the oh, okay. very, very dominant in rugby union rugby league was just kind of like you know it's yeah it's like if you can't make in rugby union you play rugby league <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's kind of how it works so it, and I played union as I was coming through, but it wasn't until I got to Marston College they had a they put in on a side, which was probably the first kind of rugby league I ever got to taste. And I started my I started out on the wing, which wasn't which was yeah I, I don't know where I was playing because when I was coming through I was always playing in the backs, uh, and playing on the wing was awesome because I was scoring tries back then. The boys <laughs> the boys will probably tell you a different story, but uh, from memory I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Now. Um, but. Yeah, and, and then I kind of just um, 
had a game against a team called St. Paul's, um, which was also, they were kind of a well-known rugby league school. So, And at that time, there was a coach there who also, Monty, knew that he was a scout for the Canterbury um, Bulldogs. Bulldogs, Canterbury Bulldogs, and his name was called John Acklin. So he was also played a part of, he was in the Warriors system for a while after that. But he saw, he watched me play in that game and, I had, I had, I like to think I had a good game, made a good impression on him, and then the conversation pretty much started that he wanted to try and get, um, have a chat with me, catch up with my parents. Back then, I was, you know, parents were, they were probably like my manager at the time, um, very costly managers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but no, but they were pretty. So they had, they had a talk, and um, I guess the rest was history from there. In regards to myself, just starting to make the move towards the end of that year, the end of '99, to come across to. Um, obviously to the Bulldogs and play across so I probably did a year of obviously working doing like a little development system it was only like a small kind of uh, rugby league development system that they had because compared to what they have now which is you know it's outstanding all the the pathways that different pathways though, yeah four I think it's um, most clubs now have 13 development 14s development yeah 15s and then they had the Harolds and the Estuary Ball they have one in there in the middle of the 70s and then into the 20s. Yeah, and when I back in 99, there was no real pathways. It was just like, okay, you look talented. We'll try and take a gamble on you kind of thing. And then, uh, all right, uh, Bulldogs, we got this player, so we try him out. So did you move across here by yourself or the whole family? Club? I moved by myself in 99. So once I finished school at Marson, uh, came across, um, and it was pretty excited to get a, you know, come over and uh, have a crack and um, play rugby league. Once that happened, I kind of just went, um, okay, I forgot about school and everything, just started trying to, <laughs> <laughs> just started just, uh, trying to play the game and, and started to train and and do all the extra training. And it was, yeah, it was, uh, and when you're that young and you're trying to, um, you think you're doing a lot of the stuff that you think you're doing and you think you're training hard, it, it was just a massive, uh, rude cultural shock when you came across and tried to make yourself uh, <laughs> make yourself a name in the younger grades. <laughs> so, uh, how did the uh, conversation go? Because I, you know, we live out in the west, and yeah. we have a lot of uh, Polynesian friends. How did the conversation go when John came to have a chat to your dad about wanting to take you over to Australia? Yeah. For anyone that knows John Acklin, he just kind of, he just cursed all the way, and, and <laughs> from a Pacific Islander point of view, you know, we're quite quiet and reserved, and, and anyone, and we rarely swear in the house. Yeah. So when John was coming in there, he just sitting there, he's just going f this, f that, <laughs> yeah, what I do, and I was just sitting there going, wow, guys, how are my parents going? And my parents were just like sitting there going, hmm, not going to say anything, but. <laughs> Well, he was pretty good, and you know, he just said, "Look, uh, we just want you to come over." One of the things that we loved about your son was obviously the speed. Uh, just you know, he was big. I don't know for some reason, he's just big on speed, just making sure that you don't lose your speed or foot uh, off the works. Um, I didn't think I was fast at the time, uh, but he just said, "Look, we just want we wanted to come over, just come trial. We'll put him on. I think it was like in um, one of those um, little two-year agreements." contracts that they had over there to see how development contracts I think it was only like around the time it was only 5k I was like yeah man <laughs> I'm living large now 5k back then, back then yeah, big money there goes yeah sign me up now uh, especially when you're like 17 six, like a 17 year old kid and when they're really speaking like 5k there you're just going wow you're jumping off for joy uh, and I just saw and my parents kind of just saw it as a good little opportunity to go try they didn't like the fact that I was going over Obviously by myself, and um, they they wanted to come over, but I think this whole idea that it wasn't a, a official contract is more just kind of an agreement to see how it go. Whether it's if he does, if I do make it, it's a I'll get they'll upgrade and further the contract a bit more. But it was more just a trial and error. And I just kind of just told my prayer, well, we'll see how it goes. Um, obviously, they had a holiday house there, with, not a holiday house felt like a holiday house but um, it was more like a players retreat yeah, yeah. Where for the players to go in there um, to get looked after you know seven days out of the out of the week um, and it's only 100 metres from down Balmwall Sports Ground which was made it easier in regards to transport didn't need a car you just, it, was, it was all kind of done for you 
Awesome. So coming from a big Polynesian family yourself, um, church was probably a massive thing uh, growing up. Uh, have you continued that for your family? Um, we met the young fellas here before we jumped on the pod. Uh, how many kids you got and um, do they even play footy? Yeah. Um, well, I, I, yeah, I was kind of, when it comes to religious, uh, religion or that, I was pretty religious when, it, when I, before I left. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of like I lost my way in that. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it was, especially like being a Pacific Islander, um, the background I see is uh, we do have a religious background and um, mum and dad was always like real big and happy and especially grandmother on that making sure you go to church every Sundays and as bad as it sounds like we used to say yeah and we'll go to church yeah I'm, I'm at church here and I cause they were living in New Zealand I was in this <laughs> I was in Sydney so I was saying yeah I went to church I went to church uh, just to keep them you know happy. Yeah, keep them happy and all that kind of stuff uh, but yeah uh, yeah, I guess one of the religious things is, um, yeah, try, I'm religious, but I wouldn't say I'm kind of like going, kind of follow it, it's like, to a point of, um, kids, I, we try and, we try and give them their own choices, um, um, try and help them out as much as you can, I, 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 like, I believe in God and all that kind of stuff, so it's not like it's, something I tell them, no, you can't, you can't go to church, if they decide they want to go to church, they can go to church, um, but yeah, it's pretty, like we're pretty like like to think we, you know, there's about five of us in the family now, so we just try and uh, uh, try and set a good example and make sure that they um, they're not they don't turn out to be bad kids. Yeah, you just want to make sure that you, uh, you raise them up right. And <laughs> yeah, that's it. So, um, so yeah, as you said, you come over here, got on two year development contract, so you played with the Jersey Fleet. Yeah. Uh, two thousand and two thousand one. Back to back? Yeah, it was, um, it was I guess when, in my early days, even coming up for reserve grade, it's, I remember, well, I think the Jersey Freak team won the year before also, but my first year in flag was 2000, and then we went to 2001, uh, and there was, I think 2002, I think we also went to the grand final, but I think I got injured in that year, and, no, actually not 2000, I can't remember. They all get muddled up, sorry. <laughs> but, um, but I just remembered all my years coming through the Bulldogs were always playing in grand finals, and, and then it went even straight. I think in 2003, I, actually it's 2003, I, we, we went to the grand final also, but we got, uh, I hurt myself that the game before, so I didn't play, but we went to the grand final, and then it just went into rolled into 2014, uh, 2004. So it was another grand final that year. So it was like, wow, for how good is this? Grand finals, grand final. It's a grand final. So it must, this must be the norm. So uh, <laughs> it must be the norm. So, um, but yeah, we had a good team back then. Um, you who, know, else, who else made it through into, in those jersey flicks? Like, who else kicked on to play first grade? Uh, you, had guys, oh, it was, you had guys, obviously, I know Andrew Amelia, who also played, um, went to Cronulla and, and then also played across. Um, was it Cronulla? Yeah, it was it Cronulla. Andrew Amelia. Amelia. Um, yeah, he went, he, yeah, he went over, he played over yeah, the Sharks. Yeah, they played over the Sharks. Yeah, Sharks. Yeah, guys like, um, I see Ryan O'Hara, but they, they, they played in that grade. But as I was coming through, they went to Canberra. Um, the Odyssey first then came through. Then you had guys like Sonny, who just kind of skipped through it. <laughs> <laughs> just skip, skip through, just came in, played one game, and just skipped through everything, and just uh, just went straight to the top. Um, but yeah, it was, it was like for me, it was, it was a good experience um, playing in those games. Um, it taught me a big lesson in the quality of the game. Because um, in New Zealand, like I said, New Zealand was, you never played, league was on the back burner because it wasn't the national sport, but then you came here, it was just. Rugby, rugby league, rugby league was just league central, and just yeah. um, it felt like I was like, uh, yeah, I was fish out of water. When it was just in regards <laughs> as to how the game was played, the tackling, the the, the intensity of training, and uh, yeah, it just it was like, wow, it was a big slap on the face. <laughs> so 2002, mate, you made your NRL debut after uh, Glenn Hughes was ruled out injured. How did the late great Steve Folks uh, give you your? words that you were going to play about that game yeah it's funny because I was close in the same year when the dogs are up in Newcastle and has them had a good kick so yeah I was like 18th man I was like 
I was waiting on the sideline and then, not obviously, they were telling me by then, but obviously I didn't get cleared. But uh, that's how I knew how close I was and I was like real excited. But then it wasn't until a bit later um, that I made my debut in 02. Obviously, that was after the whole salary cap stuff. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. so I was like, well, it was afterwards after that. So, But for me, young kid coming to do that didn't even bother. Yeah. That was like, um, that was the last thing I was thinking about. I was like, oh, yeah, awesome. I'm, it doesn't bother me, I'm playing first grade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, did you, did you, like, did you say, yep, you're in, or any special gestures? Yeah, yeah mate, he just said, look, we're going to play this week, we're going to um, give it a cra- good crack, um, have a good game. And I just remember that game was down in Canberra, it was, um, and I was just, I remember I was just super pumped, I was ready to go out there and play, and, and it wasn't, and got on in the first half. I remember when I went on, I just went like ballistic and just kept going, and came in half time, folks, he was just going, mate, Look, if we all, every one of you guys can play like Roy, he's going out there doing it. I was like, hey, how does this? Oh, mate, I'm, I'm setting good examples here. And, uh, but it's just, you know, when you're, just, when you're playing your debut, it's just nothing, everything's like happening so fast, 100 miles an hour. You just want to be in every tackle and in every run and all that. And it, like any player says, it's just like it's one of those moments. You can only debut once. Yeah. Uh, I can't do it again. But I, yeah, I just remember I had an awesome, I had a blast down there, regardless of what was going on. Did come over? Yeah. Um, actually, they didn't come over for that game. Um, they didn't come up for any other games, I think, because they were both stuck overseas. Uh, but they they didn't eventually make their way over. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those. I think yeah, these days clubs fly prints over now. It's easy. <laughs> yeah, 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 special. Yeah, so it's like yeah, you're coming over. So you did uh, mention um, you know the salary cap, thirty-seven competition points got um, reached. Yeah. What was the club like during that period? You know, young fella coming through. What was what was the club like? Um, Man, it was uh, everyone's. Yeah, it was weird because those that were playing first grade were obviously disappointed. Um, those that were on fringe first grade wasn't. Cause, uh, <laughs> yeah, because I go, yeah, I'm gonna get a crack at first grade. Uh, uh, but yeah, it was it, it was surreal because our training sessions were just, just so. After that whole thing happened, it was just. All our sessions was like it was, it was just packed. Media's. It was like we're getting crowds there, and I was just getting my. That was like my debut week or training. I was going, how good is this? Is this, this, this is what first grades like. Or, you know, people watching me every second. I'm, they're watching me train, and and I was just getting crowds there, and I was like, man, I'm gonna love first grade. Uh, so I was just like, and that just went on for the next three weeks till the end of the till the end of the season. Just people just coming into the crowd I the boys talking a bit hard because they were but they worked hard for it and then just to be stripped off uh, how many points was 40 37 you're 42 points and I think four games clear from one premiership and then they sh- had to strip them so that you weren't a part of the, the final series yeah from the finals. so that was like yeah and that was disappointing for the boys knowing that how much work they put in to get there and uh, just to get obviously uh, and the last game I think was at Showgrounds I'm pretty sure it might have been at Showgrounds where they did the big walk on the park and mm. the lifting up on um, but yeah it was um, it's, it, it, it's, it's hard for the players too especially back in more so with the recent one with Melbourne we kind of you kind of question your players new but back back then in 2002 it was unheard of for for a massive salary cap yeah. pitch and when you look at the you look at the, the salary cap now to the salary cap back then it was a lot different. Um, you reckon player managers or more so club administration who couldn't look after the the money side of things because you now you know you're in the business yourself. Yeah. You're in business now, so you got to you got to calculate and uh, and dot your eyes and cross your t's with your money and and contracts. So do you, looking back now, do you kind of think maybe it was a bit of an administration balls up or um, you, you're like you like to think so <laughs> like you can't like, yeah it's like you can, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well yeah it's a, well man the thing was that um yeah I, I don't think I got anything for that I was a young kid coming through so they were like uh it was if anything it was all the other guys but yeah it's it's it's, it's, it's tough and like you said it was different 
Uh, I think we went like over a mil, wasn't it? Back yeah. then, I was like, <laughs> that's, 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 that's a big salary. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder, wonder. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe the Bulldogs passed their sombrero onto the. Yeah, yeah, the rest. Of, <laughs> I think they they dropped it off somewhere. So um, Steve Folks and um, Steve Mortimer, you know, re revamped the club the following year. Gone from wooden spoon um, to the one great one game away from the grand final. What involvement did you see the, the two legends um, coming through to get you guys through that salary cap scandal? I think Folks was pretty good. He just kind of just held everyone together through that tough period. He was always he was always one of those. Um, he was just black or white. Folks, he was just you know just turning. Didn't really give you much. Just said like, look, this is we're starting first day here. Uh, come in we're going to do the work um it was pretty much all about business just like getting back into it didn't really deter us um and social media wasn't such a big back then big back then so it was kind of like just you know you still had the snake phones (laughs) (laughs) you weren't going to get any photo (laughs) yeah there's no tweet there there's no instagrams or anything like that back in those days so for us it was kind of like cool just focus back on and just switch get back into our bowl and just work and grind away again which makes it made it a lot so much easier yeah uh, who just have to who just have to get rid of to get back out of the gap uh, oh man who was who wasn't I think it's 02 03 we lost guys like uh, well Nigel left in that year uh, but no, no, I remember Willie Talau um, that's when that, yeah that's when um, you got yeah. Willie Tong come in then Willie yeah. Tong came in though he came in 04 yeah yeah, so Mark and I went to the Sharks. Yeah, Tell did he retire or Tell went overseas. He went yeah. to St. Helens. Um Braith was still, no, was still yeah. there. They had obviously first and no, he was still there. He was coming through. And just trying to think who else was in immediately did he have gone to the, the Roosters then? Nah, he was no. still there. No, he was still there all the way through. Um I felt like, I felt like there were, we still kept the majority of the players that were coming through. Like there were no like big superstars where we had to yeah, they had to get rid of the big. Yeah, well, store it was a different story to Storm. I guess they had to get rid of them. Like, um, we still have kind of a core of the players that were still there, and then were able to regroup in 03. And then 04, we obviously had some more new guys coming through. Um, because through that period, you had Thurston, you had Sunny Bill. Uh, then you had Rennie Matur coming through and all those so they, those were guys that started filling in those little spots and Brent Sheeran so was coming yeah was Brent Sheeran so there wasn't much money that we even there was Sheeran there was still guys that were probably starting to make their way out uh, I think you had guys like Steve Reardon that was also there he played a big chunk throughout that period uh, he, uh, but it wasn't any kind of goal James uh, Ryan was he still there or did he yeah, they, yeah and he started coming through and, yeah, and he, yeah. so here's another one yeah, it was weird because we still, before the salary caps, still have players coming through. I think, through. Like, I think it obviously affected your momentum for that year. Affected like all the New South Wales, the New South Wales Cup back then. Mm. Um, would have not, you wouldn't have had the depth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the Melbourne Storm didn't have the depth as well. I felt like could we were so successive throughout our jersey flag and reserve grade that the players that were coming through were able just to start mm-hmm. slot sliding straight in so first grade was probably be able to kind of oh you had that big crash in the salary cap and, and but we had players that were coming through that was ready to, um, to pounce in and take the spots because um, I knew I was always trying to get in behind guys you had guys like Red and Danny Phoenix Dennis Scott yeah. um, and Steve Price, Steve Price. So they're, they're always still coming through and he was trying to get, um, trying, because one thing with the dogs was that it was good in a way that you always had competition that was always ahead of the players there, but we were always trying to fight for for spots. And just, that's just like any great teams or any team that's got a good, great depth is that uh, they always try to fight for their spots. Folksy, mate, what was he like as a, as a coach and as a, as a person? Because... After he left the Bulldogs, he went and started doing stuff with the Australian cricket team or the Pakistan cricket team. But he was with one of the, you know, one of the national cricket teams. So for him to actually leave the rugby league discipline and go to another sport and still be able to help them there, it speaks volumes to me of the character of the person that he was. I know that, like, folks, he was probably one of those coaches that helped me a lot throughout my early days in building that kind of strength, like, 
mental toughness and just going about because you he, he he was quite simple he just said like he, he set you he gave you a role gave you a task and just told you this is what you got to do if you don't do it it's like we'll find someone else that kind of do it which is generally the concept when you're talking when you're working with a lot of co- coaches but he just made your job simple uh he wasn't a man of many jokes. Um, <laughs> yeah, straight down the book. Yeah, down the book. Uh, even if you did tell a joke, it was just like one of those moments, the drum roll moments. <laughs> yeah, and, and you'll just be, it'll just be quite awkward. Uh, <laughs> um, but he was, yeah, he was like, it was a weird character. And because I was, uh, a lot of us were still like a young side that was coming through. Um, and, and I was this young kid just trying to figure him out. And I was like, Okay, how's this like? How's it yeah, how what's this guy? How how you gonna work this guy? Because I was quite intimidated by him at the time coming through. Because you're still trying to impress him, you're still coming through the grade, so you want to play first grade. So you kind of had to laugh at what he was probably dishing out. So 2004, you um, you win your only premiership. Yeah. Um, what's it like? You know, winning a premiership like that's that's what's what's going through your mind. Adrenaline. What's it like at full time when you get to hold that shield up and get that premiership ring? Yeah, I think it was. Um, I always tell people the story where the same thing that happened for because like, I was so young and things were like I took everything for granted coming through. I was in the lower grades for um, reserve jersey flag reserve. I just thought, man, how good is this grand finals? It just must be the norm um, going all the way here. So that first year. We had an outstanding, like an 04, my first regular year of first grade. I was having, I thought, mate, we're just, we're having a blast with killing it. It was just more like a fun year. Uh, we didn't even, like, when you look, when I was looking back, it was just one of those things. We just, we never really were, like, we worked hard. We we had that kind of mentality where, you know, if you, if you drink hard, you train hard, uh, if you're going out, you make sure you'll turn out the next day and you put in the effort and the hard work to train. Um, and that's how it felt like that whole 2004 year went and we're putting, so we'll go in and we'll just play it. And because we're at such a youth, youth full side but, uh, and we're all coming up um, and we'll just, and we're also talented guys like Thurston that were just coming through, doing well. Sonny Bill, he was just breaking onto the scene. Um, and then you had the, I see the right mix of the experienced guys like, you had Pricey and then you had Andrew Ryan and then uh, Marco Milley and uh, Willie Mason who was already doing damage already and then Shifty who's kind of recent takeover found us and it has him he's been kicking our stand in that year it, it just kind of all fell we had the quite the right mix of players and then when we got to that grand final um, like I wouldn't say it, it felt easy but it just it was like it's we knew we were always going to get there um, especially with the team that we had, um, even though we went kind of went the the longer way. Yeah, fight for the death. So even though we went for the long, but we kind of always knew, well, we'll get there. And then when we got there, it was like, wow. And it just, um, and especially against the Roosters, because we uh, that around that time it was always the Roosters and Bulldogs that hated each other. It was just one of those games that we had a lot of plays that. Chopped and changed from size as well, so yeah. it made it more interesting. Yeah, it more, yeah, and it was just, um, yeah. So when we got there, it was just, it was a surreal feeling because I, I remember we, I never walked out. I just stayed inside, uh, the dressing chairs, and got warmed ready, up inside, warmed up inside. And then when you came out, it was just like, because back then it was 110, was it? Yeah, the, the stadium. stadium. Yeah, it was in 2000. Yeah, it was say. Yeah, it would have been the biggest stadium. Yeah, it was the biggest stadium. Yeah. I think. Um, and then, yeah, it was just a massive. It was just crazy just to know that you're out there, the nerves, the legs shaking, um, and just knowing that. And because I was just coming off the bench, it was just, just crazy just knowing that you're in the side, that you're going to be playing that grand final in the first year of your regular season. It was just. Um, well, yeah, it wasn't um, all fairy tales for some. You know, Steve Price was ruled out injured. Yeah. So then JT comes in. Um, talk us through that moment when, he, when JT gave his ring to Steve Price. Yeah, it was. Um, well, actually, to be honest, I didn't. Really, no one knew at that time because it was because it was so because they were like, "What says we won?" It was just crazy. It was just, it was just crazy mayhem, and uh, and it was only we found out after that Jono um, 
gave his gave his ring to Pricey, and it was like it was an awesome moment to know that I think I was still blind for another week. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I don't think anything happened throughout there. Like I didn't find anything out to after that. He did actually. Um, that Johnny gave the ring to Pricey. Family come over. Family came over. Yeah, everyone came over. So they, yeah, they they definitely had to come over for that game. So <laughs> uh, yes. So you only one kid then? Oh no, I had no, no kids. No yeah, kids, no. Yeah, yeah I was kidless for. Yeah, first kid didn't come in 2013. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's when we went to England. Yeah, that's when we went to England. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it was because it I mean that week, Pricey got obviously hurt himself, and the whole talk for the week was that I was going to start um, just to ice it. There was all the media put that I was going to start in front of Pricey, but then the whole idea was John I was going to come in, uh, roll into that. Um, Position at fourteen yeah. jersey and roll in, start and get going. So, which I said obviously for pricing to not do it because you know that's the hardest thing for players to play all the games. And then they miss out on the big one because the big one is the one that you you, 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 know, you play with your life there well, too, you, to, to actually play in one. Yeah, and to be the captain of one, yeah. and then just yeah. to <laughs> and then you get someone that comes in. I'll see. Yeah, yeah I, I can't fathom. Just, yeah, anything like that to happen. So the top off 2004, which was a great year for you, you got to uh, debut for your country as well. You could have played for New Zealand, mate. Tell us how that was and how much it meant for your family. Obviously, you know, rugby union, you know, then in 99 they say, well, you know, go over by yourself, make a name of yourself in Australian rugby league. For you now then to go and represent your country, the emotions there were high for your for your family in that. Yeah, it was it was like um, I didn't expect that. Uh, I remember getting that call during that week, but we were still going for that week and after the grand final festivities, <laughs> you know, festivities and um, it, yeah, and then they said, "Look, um, we're gonna take you on to the um, on tour," and I was like, "Wow!" And so kind of party kind of had to stop for a bit <laughs> start drinking start getting myself ready because back then the tours were pretty long and they were for like seven weeks yeah um, so and for, for me I was just like because obviously the pinnacle is to debut and uh, and play for your team and then obviously on top of that to win a grand final but then to top it off it's like almost the icing on the cake is like um, playing for your country and and, I, and it was yeah I just I was couldn't believe it because I was like, "Fuck, this is so awesome!" I'm gonna be. I, I love, I love the New Zealand anthem. I yeah. absolutely love the New Zealand anthem, and then the haka as well. 2007, you got to captain your country, and then lead the haka. How was that? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was uh, 2007. It was kind of. It was. It's a because that was a year. It was a. It wasn't a tri nation year. No yeah. seven, and we had and we had actually a guy called Gary Campbell. That was the coach of the Kiwis. Um, Man, like I loved, I loved it. It was one of those. It's just one of those moments. It's like anything when you, when you, when you represent your country, it's a whole new, different kind of feeling. Because um, you, because it's different to when you're playing, week in week out in your club jerseys, and then you get to play with all these players that you played against with all year, and then you all come from the same, same nation. And you all got the same passion. That's why you can kind of see how what you look at the Pacific Test and all that, uh, the four nations, how, how why players are so passionate, and especially like the way Tonga's play at the moment, why they love representing. Because as soon as you've done that jersey, it's a whole new, it's a, it's a, it's a whole different feeling and perspective of when you why you play the game. Hundred percent. Um, who's the best? Who's the best person? Who does the hockey the best? Oh man, you are Isaac Luke. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you see the way you get the tongue. And Adam Blair. Yeah, Adam Blair too. So you got guys, you know, when Isaac was there, but the you were definitely those two. You had Isaac and like Adam Blair. Uh, and then I see, yeah, and then you like um, Hargraves is doing pretty good yeah. too. So yeah, I think when, that, when Isaac Luke used to yeah. get the goosebumps, and I'm like, Mate. I'm not even, not even married. Is that he had the eyes rolling back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. What do you, uh, what do you think of? Um, the NRL and the uh, IRL in the International Rugby League um, bringing equal paying for the next World Cup. So everyone can pay, everyone that's playing they get paid exactly the same. So you don't have, for argument's sake, you know, Samoan and Tongan and Cook Islands going to play for New Zealand because New Zealand's got the bigger yeah. dollars or vice versa for Australia. Everyone's getting paid the same. Man, I think that's the biggest thing for a lot of players like if that happens you'll start seeing the whole 
you're seeing the World Cup even up because a lot of players do go to the bigger teams because they want to get bigger pay and um, but then you look at guys like Fafita and what they've done Jason Tawalola where they've given up obviously origin and all that to go and play in the smaller tier nations and they've done so well but I think it's a great concept it's whether they'll do it um are they oh, yeah, here? Yeah, they're doing. Yeah, it's been announced. Yeah, twenty twenty one. Well, then, equal equal pay. Even uh-huh. the women. And the women too, same pay. Women are getting same the same pay. as um. the men in twenty. I remember the last World Cup was Australia. They were getting thirty. 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 Yeah. And then you got the the Tonga fellas getting eight hundred bucks. Man. Yeah. Like a week. Oh, well, that was like a game. A game. And then they'll probably get like a hundred bucks for the week or something just for allowances. So it wasn't. It wasn't that big. And then you wonder why they jump ship and start going playing for the other teams. Well, so you look at like Fafita would have what, made what fifty grand playing could have made fifty grand playing for New South Wales. Yeah. And another thirty playing for Australia. That's a, that's eighty grand. Yeah, that's more money. You know what I mean? To to give up, you know, yeah. almost seventy nine thousand. Pretty much. To make a thousand bucks for the song. Like it must mean something. You know. Yeah, what I mean? and and that's what I say. It's like it's. Like with all the Pacific nations, you don't really know until you actually go. Like until you know when they actually put on that jersey, it means like I remember the same same thing with Samoa. It probably that jersey probably meant more than they actually Kiwis, even though I played that one test. But it was just because it meant more in regards to heritage. Even though we got fresh by Tonga. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two thousand seven. Um, you signed the Rabbitohs. Yep. Um, how did this come about? Dogs didn't want to re-sign you. What was all this? Yeah, about? there was a whole situation uh, in regards to, you know, when you talk about it, was just more, man, Blake, it was just payments that was kind of due. Uh, I was coming towards the back end. I kind of fulfilled two of my years, but then the third year, um, like any negotiations, I had money owed, but they said, if you sign on, we'll top it up here and all that. But And then we had obviously manager, and it was funny because I remember going in to have a meeting with, the Bulldogs and Steve Fox was there at the time and I was sitting in the office and they were just going crazy. They were just going off at each other, managers. And I was like, maybe next time I'll was probably the last meeting I actually come in and sit in when you guys talk about contract. Because they were just going off each other and like being a young kid, I'm just like, oh my God, I, I'm, I don't think I should be here. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I think I should be out of here. Have, I might just go and have a coffee and uh, I'll let you guys sort that out. Um, but yeah, and, and like like anything, I want to stay. But um, but like most things, you know, loyalty probably kind of. I think at the time, the dogs kind of expected. Uh, the, well, these folks kind of expected me to hang around, and 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 then obviously I I wanted to obviously to get what I was compensated for, and and that didn't happen, and and I guess then that's when obviously the um, manager kind of spoke got into my head and said look other clubs wanted to chat to you they want to talk to you and um, just go and have a look and, um, and then it wasn't until obviously the final decision came down to the roosters and um, rabbits um, but as much as it hurt I didn't really want to leave the dogs because I still had a lot of because I came through there I had all my mates there mm. uh, but to actually move to a different club and what made it the move a lot easier was it had guys like guys here Nigel Wagner he used to be a former he was at Cronulla at the time he was coming across. David Kidwell, he was at the Storm. He was making his way across at the same time. And then guys, like, you know, yeah, at a young Isaac Luke, he was playing in the lower grades. He was moving across. So it made it, made it easier in that sense. And like, uh, I, ha- I have no regrets in regard to making that switch. Um, I love both clubs, eat both equally. <laughs> so yeah, so you move over. They obviously had a different, you know, different coach and head coach mm. here, coached by Jason Taylor, uh, mind John Lang. Um, South Sydney's drought-breaking coach, Michael McGuire. What different traits do they have to focus on and how was training itself different to um, to Bulldogs? We've had cough, I think, and come mm. out and kind of put put crap on um, Cronulla's training compared to Roosters. Mm. So was it different or were they on par back then? It was, uh, like, South was kind of, they only just got back into the comp in 2002. Uh, and I think they were still trying to find the identity and they, you know, and trying to find their way back into, and ourselves at the time were just kind of just, I think they were kind of just buying players, just trying to fill their slots and those spots, and and they were just getting hammered. I just remember watching them. It was like one of those teams that you looked at when I was at the Dogs. If you're looking for, because when the roster came out every year, you just the 
competition draw. You just look and go, oh yeah, bye, bye, bye. And South was one of those teams, as you saw, you'll classify that as a buy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you just be going, bye, bye, bye. Um, but the Colts, yeah. Next to Cowboys party. Yeah, party, yeah. <laughs> Cow- Cowboys party. So yeah, what's that with Townsville? Yeah, party. And, uh, um, but it, yeah, it was, um, it, was, it was totally different because I came from a culture at the Bulldogs where it was like, you know, they had a train hard mentality where they just put in the work, you had to put in the work. Uh, earn your spot, get in there, um, fighting for everything. Then you went to South, uh, which they like, they were trying to find their their South, and the reason why they had the whole change over Russell, um, Peter Holmes, the court taking over and signing the new players was to build that culture. So in 07, they started building that culture. Uh, then you had the uh, the transition of different coaches throughout that period, which made it a lot harder uh, to try and find 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 the identity. Um, and it wasn't. And they were both all great coaches, you know, Jason Taylor's was, when I first signed myself, they had Sean McRae, um, but he left that, they asked them in that first year and Jason Taylor moved in. So um, Jason Taylor was a great coach, he did well at Parramatta at the time, uh, but he was still also trying to find his feet um, with how South kind of worked and South was, there was no real, South were kind of still battlers at the time in regards to where the training facilities because they were at Erskineville Oval um, and they're trying to get up. They're and, still, they're still training. Yeah, yeah they're, they're still back there because they're still trying to fix up Redfern at the moment. But, you know, I remember at that time when I got there, there was, they were talking about that new facility that's been going on for, that's how long it's been going on. Oh, yeah, they slowly turned the soil at Maroubra. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's finally, yeah, well, that's the, so when I was there at South, it's, they said, yeah, we're moving in there in 2000, and I think it was 2000, I can't remember what it was, nine. nine or something, yeah, just fast forward another nine years now, <laughs> they just turned the soil over, um, but so, yeah, yeah, it's, um, but then you had Michael Maguire came in 2013, <sighs> and he was a real kind of, he, I think he was a real key to turning South's fortunes around in regards to building good culture because he just came in and just and he was from Melbourne too came through yeah, that Melbourne yeah so he, he had that bellyache kind of culture didn't he yeah I mean, it's, it's this way no, or yeah, no way this way or the highway and I remember the first time we, he came in <laughs> and he just he just ripped in and he was like yeah 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 well now we're ready to train hard but I just no I don't think everyone really knew what training hard was <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was made it hard because I just remember one time we had like this uh, session where he recorded all the session and uh, one of the players and because obviously if you got penalised you had to do 20 push-ups and then you're doing 20 push-ups but what we, a lot of players that have known that first year that he was recording he was counting people's reps so he was getting people to count and so one some of the players would miss do 19 oh. and then it was just like you'll get penalised so it was like the whole team will get in trouble. He'll play the video and find it's like a video session. So it was like almost like a video session of your off-season training that you get get you to know, do it. Yeah, so you had to do a review of that of your. And I was like, you're already doing it throughout the year with games and finding little shortcuts where you. And but then he was doing it with like training sessions where, you, like you said, you no know, cutting corners, and he'll play that on the big screen. And you're like, and all you, I remember walking in, I was just look at your initial, and you just go, if you saw RA, it was like, ah. Oh, I believe that we actually signed him because yeah, <laughs> cause it was like nah because I think he he was basically he was in Brisbane wasn't he he was already locked in for Brisbane so there was a whole little issue over there but um, it wasn't until we first saw him come into the club and then we went because he's actually he's with us um, he's got the famous colours on the famous colours <laughs> on and all that and uh, I think obviously the big issue in that year with G.I. was he was overweight <laughs> uh, I think he came in like 100 and something uh, yeah, 10 kilos overweight and it wasn't until uh, um, I think it was 2008 then it wasn't until <coughs> Maguire came through so there was a couple of years something with John Lang he had this game plan he just goes um, look all we gotta do is just pass the ball, just get it to GI. 
Okay, I just remember the game was just like, just pass by us, where are your eyes, just pass, find your eye, wherever he is, just find us. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, it was like, uh, it's, uh, I think that was our game plan for a couple of years under Johnny Lang. It was just like, uh, that's, get how, to, that's how he lost the weight. <laughs> 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 it was, it was just catching the ball and running. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was awesome. It was like a whole new, I think. We found like South was starting to build itself when GI came across, and then you had guys like obviously that were still, still I thought still had names to themselves because the characters were like Michael Crocker, uh, Craig Wing, uh, they were still, and then uh, then you had Chrissy Sandow, Chrissy Sandow, who was he came through the grades, um, but then not through the grades, but Sandow was still there, and he was starting he was starting to find feet, but then it, it wasn't until the I reckon the key of unlocking it was in when Maguire came in 2013 kind of because he kind of already had the players and he just kind of just had to all he had to do was just crack the whip to get them uh, how um so I'm up until the players in Kobe how high do you rate John Sutton oh man he, he so even before I moved to South Sutton was like a great player just you, know, you could see potential in what he was doing at the club uh, he also didn't have the players around him to kind of help and to him. Stay, to stay there when he had offers to go elsewhere, but to stay there to, to be a one-man club to help build him back from obviously, you know, being on the being ex- expelled and coming back. He's the most capped um, South Sydney player. Yeah, and thirty-six games. And I think he'll be the only most capped. Um, you know, he's, he, he probably like he said he's he could have left and signed elsewhere uh, for more money. For well. more money. But he chose his, and especially during those dark times for ourselves. So I don't know how, I don't know how he did it, but I'm sure he's looking back now. It's all worth it now since 2014, yeah. just to be able to be the captain that year and to hold that trophy up. That there, that there, along with you know players like Andrew Eddinghouse and and Highmarsh to you know to to go through tough tough, tough times. times. And stick it out, it, you know, it comes back down to, to your family and your upbringing. Yeah, and, and he's, and like, if anyone that knows Sutton, he's sells through and through. It's like, you can't picture him, even if someone paid him a million bucks. A million bucks to, like, like sign him a Sunny Bill deal now to sign for Parramatta. Or even the Roosters. Or even the Roosters. He, he, I don't think it would be a surprise that he'll ever he'll take it up because just purely for the fact that it's loyalty. loyalty. <laughs> 2014, you um, end up over in England. Yeah. Um, one year too late, you could have had two premierships. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you do, you get me one. Yeah. What was the... South going a different path and you wanted to have a new challenge over the UK. What, was, what, what did you go overseas? Yeah, I think also it was, I remember having this tough talk because it was like, obviously South was starting to have salary cap issues. Um, and then you had guys like they were coming through like the Burgess boys, the brothers, and they were doing really well. And and, and it was it was just kind of felt like it was my time was up at, at that stage. Um, I think even if I try to hang around for another year, um, or I, I think I would have found myself struggling to, well, more so the struggling to obviously the regime or thinking of another off season under the the, uh, the Maguire. Like 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 I love that I love that regime, but I felt like it was um, it came at the wrong time with the time obviously I was starting to get over, and I would have loved them in the, right from the start in 07 I felt like we would have achieved a lot more throughout that period, um, but just my body at that time he came towards the towards the back end of my career uh, with South and I was just trying to maintain those same structural systems and that intensity and, and also trying to be trying to set that good example for players it, w- it would have been hard for me to try and maintain and sustain and would have just I would have just get left behind and and it did and, and, and Warren's in the same like going to the UK sound like a good time I wanted to go before I went to South but and I just wanted to obviously if I was going to finish it off and a lot of players were already playing in the UK and I wanted to try it out um, and to say, look, all right, I had a good crack on the go to then. Um, What's the play. differences between NRL and the UK Super League, other than other than the the, the possibility of playing in the snow? Is the quality that different? Like, <laughs> look, uh, the, you got the, your top teams. Uh, look, if you're playing 
the top teams, there's only probably like four top teams really in the Super League. Um, if you're playing those games every week, it's the quality is good. Otherwise, if you're not, um, you're just playing. The rest are kind of almost if you decide to turn up as a so team. Top four: St Helens, Wigan. You got uh, Castleford, yeah. there, um, Huddersfield, and then who else is it? Wigan. There was um, and Leeds. Leeds. So they, yeah, they only so they only have a handful of like. But if you weren't playing those guys every week and you're playing some other teams, um, you, yeah, you, you, it was kind of almost, you're, you're having like a, a buy and you, and you get your top teams that kind of drop off, but that's because they, they haven't turned up to play the game because it's just like, oh, I'm, <laughs> well, we're scheduled to play them. But the quality, when in regards to, I, I think the, the way I think a lot of people enjoy watching Super League, the way they play the game, because it's not so structured. What about the um, the crowd over there? We always oh, hear the music, man, the, the song, just crazy, isn't it? So vocal. Uh, they're, they're just like you can get you can get a full stadium at say SFS or uh, or Homebush, and you can only get like say get five or ten thousand in an English game, but they'll sound like they're hundred thousand there because they just. They just love their game. They just love their footy. Very, uh, very sledges. Yeah, oh, mate. They're, 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 any, they're, they're, any, any, any um, things you can think of that they gave you? Oh, mate, that leaves me all the time. <laughs> I, was like, I, was like, I was like, getting, I was getting used to it. I was like, just going, ah, oh, the worst buy ever. Get on it. Come on. I was like, go back uh, to yours. Go back to yours. Oh, man, I can't believe. I'm, I'm going to, I'm fine. I was like, oh, man, I'm going to cancel my membership. If he signs up for another year. I was like, mate. Did you get to go in, um, Watch any soccer or football? I played, uh, yeah, there was a game, I watched my first soccer game, which was, uh, I think it was Champions League, is that what it, yeah. Um, yeah. it was against Barcelona versus Man City. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so it was like, yeah, it's, man, but they were crazy, because I remember sitting in, because we had the guy, the owner of Warrington, Simon, he, or he had the owner, uh, events organising um, company. company, so he used to just put all these big shows on and, and then he, I didn't realise he put us on in front of um, all these, uh, like the Oasis mall because they love their footy. Yeah. Um, so we were sitting, it's all, I remember just going to the toilet and they were just screaming boost at me, come on, sit down. You know, like, <laughs> it's like, man, I'm just, I'm just going to the toilet. Yeah. But they, they, they're really into it, they love it. Well, it's a good experience. I've never been to one. Yeah. Not that I'm a big fan of it, but it's just. Yeah, did you? Become a supporter, or you just watch it for the sake of it? No, I just watch it for the sake of it. Uh, I try and watch a little bit. Obviously, you get your big name soccer players that you kind of follow, but that's that's about it. I, that's as far as I go in regards to supporting. Yeah. Quick fire, couple of quick fire questions yep. for you, Chip. Sam Burgess, man or myth? As in, so the man being, he he rates as one of the hardest competitors you've ever seen on the football yep. field in your time, or some people call him a show pony. Ah, uh, man. Referees, one or two? Uh, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you played on the both. Yeah, I played on the both. Ooh, I mean, it's. it's uh. Can you get away with more with one? Yeah. Yes, you can. <laughs> you, you, can away, you can get away with one, but it's better also with one. Huh? Biggest pass you've come across? Uh, oh, biggest pass. Biggest pass. Uh, Plane or. On and off. On and off. On. I oh, mean, on was probably Innes. Off, <laughs> off was probably uh, off. You probably had guys like um, Isaac Luke. Toughest player to play with and against. Toughest player to play with um, and against. Probably uh, some guy to play with was um, Ruben Wiki. Um, against man was uh, Petro. And uh, <laughs> next year. Who wins the 2020 season? Next year, 2020 wow, season. Can the Roosters repeat? Can the Roosters three peat? What Bulldogs what couldn't Bulldogs do in the legend game? <laughs> 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 uh, no. No. Um, you don't reckon? Yeah. It'd be tough losing. Man, Kronk, they got lost Kronk. That's, you can't. Who do you reckon? Who, who's up? Who'll be, who'll be up there? Who'll be up there? Uh, I'm just trying think of scanning scanning the team scan you know who wouldn't be too bad is Canberra Raiders I think they'll be uh, keep their building they're, they're building they're building oh, well depending if they can keep Jack Wyden 
like a. Uh, Apparently, the favourites are there. Everyone's saying the favourites are Parramatta. We like their squad. And Madison coming in. <laughs> yeah, they they. They're still up and down, eh? They're still up and down. They're they, they, away games, uh, <laughs> You know what? I find like it's... you it's, you got to wait till the first few rounds of the season to see what they've been doing in the off-season. The Spoon? The Titans go back to that. Yeah, the, the Spoon. Uh, I doubt it they will uh, this year. I think they've got to... They'll be a better, more equipped side. I think they'll... Well, with the Titans, they'll be... Uh, with Tigers, they'll be... There'll be a fitter side. They'll be more equipped. I know Maguire will have them ready, but whether they have got the right players to kind of steer the ship, <laughs> you know? Because <laughs> so you said no to the three P for yeah. Roosters. New South Wales three P. Nah, nah, no way, <laughs> yeah. no way. Uh, Queensland. All right, Queensland. Roy, mate. We'd love to thank you for your time tonight. Um, been great hospitality. Uh, also, we'd like to wish all our listeners a merry Christmas. Um, Hope your recovery is good too. Yep. Um, and yeah, bring on 2020. Bring on 2020. Thanks for having me, boys. You guys have been awesome.